you want to hear my 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 perceptions on on why basketball is so great? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so all sports are about something else, right? Like every sport, in and of itself, is okay. about something else. Like okay. baseball is about math. Okay. Football is about war. Mm-hmm. Basketball is about stories. It is a sport driven almost entirely by the idea of stories, of drama. Mm-hmm. And and part of the reason that basketball is so fun is because it is an intimate experience with mm-hmm. the people who are playing. Right. It is about as close as you can come to to watching a team sport play. You, you, by the end of a basketball game, you know you don't actually know who these people are, but you know right. what their what their character is. Uh, you see yeah. them. You you see their emotions. Their like how they act. Their body language. How they interact with each other. How they uh-huh. interact with the oppo- like with the opposing team. It is a soap opera, and it's uh. it's the closest it's the closest sport there exists to professional wrestling. And there are basketball players who right. play the sport in different ways. There are heroes. There are villains. Yeah. There are foils. I mean, mm-hmm. it is it is entirely a character and story driven sport, and I think that's why March Madness is so fun. Is because in a very very quick amount of time, you you learn who these people are. Football, yeah. you don't know who these people are. They're behind a mask. Baseball, you see them for five minutes in a three hour game. They're all but, ultimately like cogs. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're agents of the coach, but mm-hmm. basketball is this like, it's like, you know, it, the it's personality sport, the personality. Yeah. Dude, you know what? I uh, completely unironically, genuinely drive with that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Hell you yeah. Fucking nailed something there. I think it, it's so, I don't know, it, it's cool too because it, it is a sport where you can appreciate a player who plays like a villain. Like yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. guy in basketball, you right. like because you innately like bad guys. I mean, yeah. in, in stories. they they're Right, like Ron Artest was very exciting. Reggie Miller. I mean, yeah. they had so much expression. Kobe, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant was a, yeah, was a villain. Yeah. He was a basketball yeah. villain, absolutely. Nice, dude. <laughs> I, just, I feel like good. I feel better. I just feel better right now because, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I think that's our clip, is me doing the the talk yeah. about, and then you just splice with you going, nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I don't get it, but your friends seem to like it. I'm just happy <laughs> that you're happy. <laughs> Welcome to the Hegelian Friendship Simulator, the only podcast on the internet where we try to uncover the truth of the universe, one Wikipedia article at a time. I am joined by the extremely supportive Alex Virgil. <laughs> Thank you. And um, man, I feel bad because I literally, I was like, ah, oh, got two great words today. Today I'm joined by the cantankerous and curmudgeonly John Miklas, but the opening was just so nice that 
The words don't apply. You've surprised me. The life is a ceaselessly surprising John Miklas. And we are joined, as always, by our trusting and um, lovely producer, Emmy Sack. Hi. Hi. How are we doing, guys? Verge, oh. what's up? Well, Gutfeld. <laughs> yeah, uh, but... we have been watching quite a bit of Gutfeld. I feel like there's a lot going on in the world right now, but we don't exactly know how it's all going to shake out. Um, of course, the George Floyd mm-hmm. trial is going on. We're in the midst of uh, vaccines, which I think I'll be able to mm-hmm. get my first first one in within the week. Hell yeah. Um, which will be nice. You know conservatives just continue to be like wrong about things openly which is fun yeah they're taking a weird turn like a weird it's an ugly period for conservatives i mean the kind where like even if it's someone i don't even if i it was someone i don't like if i saw them acting the way conservatives are right now like in a social setting i'd be like yo like is he is he okay like is he you know what i mean like that's their energy it's like you they've they've really like doubled down on like one thing that mm-hmm. worked one time but like kind mm-hmm. of as a it was kind of a as like a joke mm-hmm. trumpism mm-hmm. and now they're kind of stuck with it I mean they have to pretend like Matt Gates is somehow a good guy and, mm-hmm. uh I feel for him I mean that's not a I don't feel for them at all but but I also don't envy them right 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 i just can't imagine what it would be like to be like a young republican right now like just like a mem what if you were like a member of the young republic like what is your you just kind of feel a little sense of dread right like man yeah, if you if you're some, I, if you're a young republican is actually in tune with like what's going on you know what i mean just thinking about like yeah, either that regardless or like, of your political like affiliations like think about college and how rah rah people were and how little anyone under actually understood what they were rah rahing about I would be more interested to me it this sounds weird and maybe it's bad but like I have more sympathy or not even sympathy or like solidarity mm-hmm. with the like guys that tried to plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan <laughs> uh-huh. than I do like a member of the like UC Berkeley young Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's like the 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 chuds, mm-hmm. like the 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 like libertarian anarchist chuds, mm-hmm. they have a dissatisfaction with the world. Right. That they they just have like a a growing burning anger, mm-hmm. and it's stupid and wrong, right. and they're and they are wrong, and mm-hmm. and most of them will never learn right in their life. Mm-hmm. But that I have some sense of connection to. Well, there are people where if the conversation was solely about class and race wasn't a thing which is obviously such a huge hypothetical in our country right but if it was they'd possibly you could possibly have a conversation be yeah, with talking them, about yeah. it yeah but like like someone who is trying to hold on to like you know the disaster project that is like the reagan republican party at mm-hmm. this point it's like you're 19 years old and you want 
you you somehow like still believe in like neoconservatism yeah. in the sense of the Iraq war. It, your worldview has just been so punished by the reality of time at yeah. this point that what, what are you? I mean, it's really hard to even like take their position seriously because when they're on screen, like it just feels like the thing they most care about is how they look. Like obviously, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah. so obviously they just love how slick their hair is. Right. That like it's just like I I don't know. Just yeah. Don't even. I I I think this is kind of gonna be a theme of the episode. Um, because my topic definitely is about this a little bit and hopefully yours is not, or else it'll be too much of a downer. But the, the question, how do you live with yourself, uh, <laughs> is, is something that I think is important for people to try and ask themselves sometimes. How do you live with yourself? Great cue. Great cue. Great um, cue. can't wait to not answer that. Verge, uh, do you have any old business? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, our, our buddy Jimmy, who I think we've mentioned before, brought up a very good point about the last episode that I would like to address, which is that in all of our hypothetical land reallocation, repoliticization conversation, we had not even mentioned First Nations once. Yeah, good point. Um, it would, I would like to chalk it up to a lack of knowledge on the subject which honestly yeah, just which is the the problem mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna be better about that from the in the future um and uh yeah so hopefully look forward to some uh either direct or indirect moments of atonement regarding that yeah i a, a call to action if you will yes. i agree with that i I I um have very little kind of knowledge of the subject. I read a great mm-hmm. book at one point um called the The Empire of the Summer Moon mm. um which details the the kind of the rise and fall of the Comanche nation mm. um in the kind of the late 18th century into the beginning of the 20th century. The mm-hmm. Comanche were the probably the most feared and mm-hmm. powerful plains tribe that ever existed, and and for almost a hundred years, pretty much stopped American expansion, mm-hmm. um, and then finally were were kind of um, given the final death blow by the, the Texas Rangers, settlers. Right? Yeah, the Texas Rangers. Um, it's a pretty fascinating story. I mean, the book. Details is the last great chief, who's this guy, Quana Parker, uh, who was a, a half half white man, half um, mm. Comanche Indian. A book high book recommend, but embarrassing in the sense of that is my only like real yeah knowledge tidbit to add on this subject which we're, is something yeah. that we'll we'll address we're in forward. real time atoning for how our media wrecks are pretty sparse mm-hmm. i'm literally like i can only say this because it happened to go on hbo like yesterday i'm watching exterminate all the brutes which is uh, a new four-part documentary by raul peck who made i am not your negro the james ball oh, nice. documentary yeah um but it's four parts very deep Right now, we're 
the first episode had a lot to do with uh, just New World stuff. You know, it's all about colonization in the 20th century. Um, so, nice. you know, cool. you know, We're actively is, working on it. This is our working on it moment. Um, another meteor wreck, Godzilla yeah. vs. Kong, <laughs> which um, hilariously, I think, Hell yeah. is is a story where I think the, 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 the theme or the message is let's settle our race disputes so we can talk about class. Wow. I think is ultimately what that movie is about depicted not through any of the human characters well you know kind of but like not really but through our monsters hell yeah so you did know. you see it in theaters um no I, oh no right you're not hbo vaccine. max hbo, HBO max, max. Yeah. yeah uh it it i will say that it had quite a good box office opening mm-hmm. weekend, which mm-hmm. kind of i mean i don't know i for for those of us who would vaguely like to see the movie industry st- stick around uh I like yeah. that. It's good. It's good long term. Um, yeah. I actually have some old business that is like kind of a tangential thing from the state of Jefferson that I'm ex- okay. excited to talk about. Hell yeah. Um, so in that conversation about the state of Jefferson, uh, I think that the two of us might have gotten some like sideways head glances from our listeners Mm-hmm. who are, um, in the best possible way, like, good liberals and good mm. Democrats, who are like, well, if the state of Jefferson came about, you know what would happen, right? I mean, it would right, be right, right. two Republican senators. Very true. I mean, in the <laughs> in the state of our modern electoral politics, very, very true. I have been reading about a new, fast-growing semi-meme political movement, but also very much material political movement in the United Kingdom, our favorite country in the world, (laughs) um, called the Northern Independence Party. Nips. The Nips. Have you you read about this at all? No, I just like acronymizing everything. Yeah, so the Northern Independence Party uh, was founded in October of last year um, by a professor from Northern England and its active stated goal mm-hmm. is for the North of England to secede from the United mm-hmm. Kingdom and to form a new country called Northumbria. Um, and so that island's going to have like effectively three countries, four countries. Yeah, well, so it says, inspired by the successes of the Scottish National Party, Mm -hmm. uh, their campaign for an independent Scotland, the NIP seeks to make the north of England an independent state with borders based on the historic region. Northumbria previously existed as an Anglo-Saxon kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, The party has proposed York as a possible capital. Okay. And it describes itself as a democratic socialist party advocating for a green industrial rebirth and socialism with a northern accent. Proudfoot stated that the party would be a way of addressing the socioeconomic disparity between the north and south, and it has been reported that much of the party's initial support has been drawn from disillusionment with Keir Starmer's leadership of the Labour Party, particularly mm. on the party's Corbynite left flank. Mm. And Philip Proudfoot is a good Twitter follow, I would say. Okay. 
But he said, um, this is a, a couple days ago on Twitter, he said, people sometimes wonder what's the future for the UK if NIP is pioneering a future trend. I like the idea, personally, of a coalition of independent parties that all support progressive politics, decentralized power, more local democracy, and community wealth building. This is not an, an official NIP policy, but we, if we accept that one of the problems on this island is hyper-centralization, a lack of accountability mechanisms, rising re regional inequality, the abandonment of local towns, seems to make a bit of sense, maybe. And this is Jefferson. I mean, this is yeah. in my head why I'm like, let them have it. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, people in their communities know better what they need. Mm -hmm. And sure, the state of Jefferson probably is built around some sort of semblance of disillusionment and, um, right. you know, anger at the liberal politics of L.A. and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But more than anything, it's people saying, you are don't live here and we're a small group of people that live in a community and you're not doing anything to address our needs that's interesting this is the future mm -hmm. i see this and i i mean maybe it'll fall on its face it probably will but to me this seems like the future of of politics like of enlightened politics this mm -hmm. is not that different from zapatismo mm -hmm. in the weirdest sense i mean right this idea of regions of people living together, agreeing on progressive politics, local control, high levels of democracy, mm -hmm. and community wealth building, like, that is what a future world in my head is. Yeah. Just um, large-scale grill pilling, dude. That some, maybe some large-scale grill pills. I mean, I say that half-jokingly, but if you take the good part of grill pilling, that's pretty much what it is. Um, All right, how we doing? Oh, well, do you know what time it is? Um, I don't. What time is it, Virgil? It's time for your information. Ruff, 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 ruff. Moo. <laughs> I love that, like, the, the structure of this segment really suggests that all of our topics are going to be mammalian. Mm-hmm. And for the second, possibly third week in a row? Yeah, almost none of them. We're not dealing with mammals. What are we dealing with? What Sir are we dealing with, Verge? All right. Today we are going to discuss carcinization. If you thought that had something to do with cancer, you would be right. And if you oh. thought that cancer had to do with crabs, then you would Ooh. be even more right. We're talking crabs. We're talking crabs. <laughs> Carcinization, I love this. Carcinization is an example of convergent evolution in which a crustacean evolves into a crab-like form from a non-crab-like form. Uh, the term was introduced into evolutionary biology by L.A. Borodale, who described it as one of the many attempts of nature to evolve a crab. Basically, carcinization is the concept that everything evolves into crab. How does that... All right, can I, can you give me a function? How does that function in, in... Well, like, in the sense that, like, you know how there's, like, a bunch of... There's a bunch of different types of crabs, right? Yeah. You would think that if you trace them all back to the evolutionary tree, it would right. be, like, similar things if branching out into multiple different kinds of crab. 
Yeah. No, what it is is a bunch of different creatures <laughs> over time realizing it's better to be crab. I don't buy it. I'm so, sorry. So I call it, bullshit. <laughs> so I it's call just bullshit. like a ton of different a ton of different crustaceans slowly all becoming crab. So like there's like different kinds of crab that we eat. Like king crab is like completely different from like a snow crab. That is um like potentially catastrophic to my worldview. I think <laughs> I was gonna say I was that's gonna tough say. for me. That's this, tough for me to really comprehend. This um actively evolutionarily universally goes against your no one is right thing because it's there crabs are, are right <laughs> crabs are right it's crab crab is right everything is crab it would be so fucking funny if when we finally met the first other sentient mm-hmm. life form on the universe mm-hmm. they come to earth mm-hmm. and they're like we're like you know the president joe biden's out there with like a wreath He's like, I want to, and they're like, they immediately just go to the Chesapeake Bay and they just start talking to blue crabs. And then they realize that we've been eating crabs. Oh my God. And they just massacre, like just just destroy us off the, off the earth. That's an, that's like so much better than Mars Attacks. (laughs) Mars Attacks is like in my brain iconic but that would be so much better <laughs> it's really fun it's a pretty good concept. joe biden just be like hey look you know i'm a, I, I, listen I'm, jack i'm just a, i'm just a regular guy you know listen jack i know in my great state of delaware <laughs> when i was a boy that soft shell crab yeah. they taste good <laughs> <laughs> took a trip down to maryland i may have eaten a crab or two you know <laughs> i'm just a regular guy nope sorry that's 100 annihilation it, though there's an alien species out there that is waiting for us to evolve into crabs. They're like, yeah. all right, we get it. They have sentience, mm-hmm. but they're not crabs yet. Yeah. And just like that they're like all their limbs, you know? If we get like stuff. If we get like Independence Day, where like they are coming at us with intent to kill, I'm going to try and be like, is this because we is this because we ate a bunch of crab? <laughs> is that why? I just need to know. <laughs> is it the crab? It's the crab is it thing. The crab? Right? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, lobsters live a long time, but it's it's good to right to be crab. Wow, it's good to be the crab. There, so oh, so what's interesting is yeah. like so like to be crab, to be classified as crab, it's not so much like a genetic thing anymore, right? It's like it's more like a morphology, like rules. So just like Isaac Asimov. Uh, founded the three rules of robotics there's like a three rule of crab yeah what are they the carapace like the shell is flatter than than it is broad and possesses lateral margins the sternites which are i think the just like the segments are fused into a wide sternal plastron which possesses a distinct image Blah, blah, blah. Basically, you have to look like crab to be crab, but there's mm-hmm. like a specific three rule situation. Um, Are, okay, I mean, this might, this is going to be, this is going to sound real dumb. Uh, spiders aren't crabs, are they? I don't think spider is crab, but I wouldn't be surprised if insect, insect goes, becomes spider. <laughs> yeah. 
They're not crabs. Okay. All right. Spiders thank you. Crabs. Thank you, Emmy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sounds like there's more. There's more research to be done on this subject. There really is, because there's also um, hypercarcinization, which I think when you know what carcinization is, is hilarious. Which is basically like, uh, oh, like really genetically becoming closer to what is considered a true crab. Um, a couple, a couple buzzwords that we got to keep in our mind. Hopefully, yeah. it comes up in the future for some reason. Uh, in the Mesozoic era, there was a huge. Um, that was like the big explosion of crab. Yeah. Uh, so it was called the Mesozoic Decapod Revolution. And then within that, during the Cretaceous period, was the was the big one within the Mesozoic era. So it's called the Cretaceous Crab Revolution. I like that and term then, though. I, that would be a pretty cool yeah. band. Like in, yeah, exactly. CCR know, like just a, be CCR. Like, like um, like an alt, alt pop band. Like um, the Cretaceous Crab Revolution would be a pretty mm-hmm. cool name. Yeah, yeah. They're from like Tennessee, but they're like a punk band. But that's what it is. Boom. Boom. Just to let you know. For your information. If you wake up one day and you look more like a crab than you did the day before, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, that is that is to say that um, Kafka's metamorphosis was actually mm-hmm. a joyful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be exciting. Everyone should mm-hmm. have been praising him for being more like a, a crab. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. So got to read that. To- a lot to yeah. think about here. A yeah. lot to think about. So there you go. Very cool. All Let's right. hear it, Verge. What what do we got for you? Okay, yeah. so so this one is um there's nothing too like there's no single thing that's too substantial. There's a lot of like I'm I'm thinking about okay, programming versus like free will, you know what I mean? It's a big conversation I think in the zeitgeist in general. Yeah. Right now. Been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, certainly in our zeitgeist too. Yeah, patterns. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I was wondering. I was just kind of like looking into AI, just kind of curious. Oh, because I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to the Ezra Klein show on New York. It was a New York Times podcast, but he had Ted Chiang on. Ted Chiang is the author, or he uh, is the author of a bunch of short sci-fi short stories. One of which became Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the alien movie about linguistics. Yeah. Um, so on his on the podcast, Ezra Klein was asking Ted Chiang about how he felt about AI. Is he afraid of AI? All this stuff. And and Ted Chiang's like, I'm not afraid of AI. Like, strictly as a concept, it's the capitalism that drives it and comes with it. Hmm. Right. And then, like, because of the capitalism mentality, all this stuff, like, we already don't treat animals the way they should be treated. Or, like, like what what makes you think that we are going to treat early AI? Right. You know? And yeah. then it's, like, and then his thing is if you expect uh, uh, any thinking being to understand morality and ethics, it has to understand suffering first. Hmm. so then it's like how can you how can you keep in check the amount of suffering where it's not just going to destroy us it's you know it's like your classic ai takes over the world kind of scenario yeah so i was thinking about that and then i got into history of artificial intelligence okay 
which to me was like way more interesting because there are like automaton stories all the way to Greek mythology, hmm. which makes it, it so like, because to me, if you can comprehend the idea of computing, then yeah, artificial intelligence, like blah, blah. If you can understand like complex machines and stuff. So I was very surprised to hear of like the idea of mechanical automatons uh, in Greek mythology. Right. Talos, Talos being the uh, Talos being the main example. So I just kind of wanted to read a little bit about Talos. Yeah. And then kind of like just think about this a little bit. Um, so in Greek mythology, Talos was a giant automaton made of bronze to protect Europa in Crete from pirates and invaders. And this is the part that was like very interesting. He circled the island's shores three times daily, which in contemporary times is like, oh, it's like some simple programming, simple commands. Yeah. But then to think of it in such a like segmented patternistic way to understand an automaton in ancient Greece. Yeah, wait, I'm sorry. Is this a story? How is a what is how is this in practice? Like Well, this is yeah, this is a myth. This is a oh, myth. It's a myth. Okay, it's a myth. Yeah, but, yeah, sorry. But the myth is the myth is it he is a, a a bronze statue that has been programmed or yeah. whatever they called that. Yeah, to like defend the island. But he does like three laps on the island a day yeah which i guess it's like if you consider like centuries and stuff yeah they have segmented routines and all that but then but but, so that caught my eye like huh yeah feels very computing but then there's there's the idea that in cretan dialect talos was the equivalent of the greek helios the sun um so uh the lexicon of Hesychius of Alexandria notes simply, Talos is the sun, which is like, oh, okay, cool. Like, the sun. And then I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so now, like, thinking about patterns versus random, it's like when you're in ancient, ancient times, just by the by the sun and the moon's patterns, it's like your life is already dictated by programming. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, yeah. it, it is it is not unfair to say, especially in ancient Greek world, mm-hmm. you did live in a simulation. I mm-hmm. mean, the idea of the sun rising and setting, and the the the, the rotation of the moon, mm-hmm. like, uh, what is our relationship with the sun and moon if not? a part of a simulation it is right it is a perfect simulation right it like is it, it, it really is. is we can't change it mm-hmm. we can predict it we know exactly what is going to happen mm-hmm. like is that can we, we there's no there it's different than like weather which is right. which is a kind of like a predictive model the uh-huh. sun and the moon cycles are exact are they yeah. not i mean i don't know and we, no, I, I think they you. are. It's well, it's like are. barring like cosmic events that shift things, right? Like barring any external thing. Yeah, it's like it is exact. Hmm. And then, of course, like the closer you get to the equator, the closer like the amount the sun and the moon are out becomes just like 
<laughs> suspiciously equal, you know? And when right. you overthink it, you start to get into conspiracy uh, modes. What is a conspiracy that you get into? I, like, oh, there's no specific conspiracy, okay. but it's like when you start thinking like that, where it's like, there's no way that it's coincidence that when you're on the equator, it's night and day, like equally kind of shit, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, um, like the... I, I get this way with mathematics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that we've created, we've we've learned systems in many mm-hmm. ways, but uh, the golden triangle had to exist in nature for us to discover and utilize it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Pythagorean theorem. These mm-hmm. are things that are found in nature. Mm-hmm. And it does, I have a hard time not equating it to some sort of like higher structural plane right and we are whether that is god or whether it is a computer simulation who's to Mm -hmm. say who can't we cannot say i mean that is part of the thing right 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 like going back to pi right Right. like the inability to determine exactly what pi is you know um great because it, it and, that, and then i started yeah. thinking like oh it, it's almost almost relieving to not have pi be such a round number you know leaving hmm. some of that mystery makes uh it almost makes things easier to comprehend if that makes sense i, I shoot i'm i'm going to add something here because i was in a similar place mm-hmm. um when i was researching and i didn't end up going this way oh, okay the monad are you familiar with the monad Mm-mm. uh all right so it's a it's a a, a a concept in gnosticism oh yes 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 the symbol okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um and so, all right, so it's a symbol in Gnosticism, but it is derived from, from Greek philosophy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it refers in cosmogony to the supreme being um, mm-hmm. or the totality of all things. Mm-hmm. It was conceived by the Pyth- Pythagoreans mm-hmm. and may refer variously to a single source acting alone or in, to an indivisible origin or both. Um, mm-hmm. But their symbol is the circle dot. Mm-hmm. And part of it is is the fact that you can't um, you can't find pi, right? Like right. The, the center of the circle is an unknowable. It is it is simultaneously everything and nothing. And mm-hmm. forgive me to all our Gnostic listeners out there. I think I might have butchered it a little bit, but like it is a very near and dear to my heart in the way that I see the world and the way that I perceive what God is. Um, is this idea of like the unknowingness right the unspeakable the, it's unspeakable yes. you, you can't, can't you can't comprehend it we are ants on a log we cannot mm-hmm. comprehend what it is that we are talking about mm-hmm. what it is we are trying to describe and in that sense alone you must pay some semblance of reverence you must have some level of a like reverence for it of mm-hmm. love for that which you cannot understand and you also must be faithful to it and maybe that is like the the turning point some people can have different opinion like can feel differently towards that idea but 
I mean, that's at the core of faith to me is that, yeah. like, I understand there is something that exists that I do not understand. Mm-hmm. And I allow myself some semblance of trust in it. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for an artificial intelligence to reach that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I think it's, I think that, um, I don't think that it is any different than myself reaching it. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't think that my organic matter reaching the sentience is any different than any other organism or entity reaching this agency. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think that there are, is probably some semblance to, well, to, to believe that artificial intelligence can't get there is to mm-hmm. believe that there is nothing else in the universe like us, mm. which I have a hard time believing. Mm. Um, and it, like it, it negate, I don't know. It just seems very unscientific. I don't mm. think that the our thoughts are that special, even though they clearly are special. Even though right. they're a part of the monad, it doesn't mean that they are. They are special. They are not unique. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Have you ever seen her? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. I would put mm-hmm. it probably in my top five movies. But I love. I this is a hardcore meteor wreck for me. To all our listeners out there that have never seen her. But this is, I think her is like probably the best modern film or novel that I've ever come across that has gotten Mm -hmm. to the heart of this conversation. Yeah. And does it in a very um, simple way. Like it's Mm -hmm. not arrogant or it's not like Mm -hmm. pretentious, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like it expresses it as it is, as it would arrive the idea of sentience of something that is not us like Mm -hmm. that moment is not is going to come with a whimper not a bang you know it's Mm -hmm. not like we're gonna like know all of a sudden it's just gonna it's gonna gradually come into our lives as it is right now i mean we might experience artificial sentience right yeah and i almost think that that's a better term for it than artificial intelligence i agree sentience I agree. What do you think? I, I've been talking a lot about what I think. What do you think? No, I gen I generally agree. I think because yeah. I do believe, like, ultimately, regardless of what you think about, like, if there's if someone consciously created us or not, I do think like we're just like, uh, you know, everything is a zero or a one. Everything mm-hmm. is yes or no. Humans just happen to be a combination of many, 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 many zero or one questions compiled into one being seemingly yeah. one being right yeah i think the universe saw that i think like quantum superposition all of it comes down to yes or no but okay zero, i would one. say i guess i would i would elaborate on that in that mm-hmm. the past mm-hmm. like history is mm-hmm. all the same like put it on a p- piece of paper it is all zeros and ones the mm-hmm. thing that is different is that as we approach the future, like mm-hmm. every millisecond of us approaching the future is another like infinite amount of 
those questions being asked in real time. Mm -hmm. And it, it almost feels like we are the only beings on earth that are aware of the present. Right. You know, like that are, that time is not flat. Uh Like for, and, and so the idea of a, 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 artificial intelligence is the mm-hmm. idea of something approaching that with us yeah you know that's the interesting thing okay so that's what i was gonna get to in your answer next is so i think so much of the conversation of this assumes that we're like some amount perceiving more than other creatures on this earth yeah maybe but i do i wonder if like the classic thing of like Eve ate the apple and we all got thrown out of paradise and all the other creatures on earth are living in paradise because they are not disconnected from the essence from that unspeakable. And so they are at every second just in it. I mean, it is not, um, I don't think it's wrong to say that many of the things that are grappled with in all of the world's main religions mm-hmm. are clearly salient and still very relevant. It's just that we have outgrown the the terminologies. Right. They've become like euphemistic almost. Mm-hmm. But like sin, right? Like mm-hmm. sentience is sin mm-hmm. and suffering. And and mm-hmm. these are like and and similarly the 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 god or 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 you know christ these are all elements of the same concepts that really are essential to how we can conceptualize the world to our brains working it's Mm -hmm. just that we are it's just that they're wrong i mean to go back (laughs) to like the common theme is that like we're just always going to be wrong we're just continuing to reframe it in our heads Mm. um and so so the idea of like animals yeah it it is quite interesting and curious and maybe not far off like sin is suffering we Uh can only commit sin because we have the sentience we have the the cognizance to do Mm -hmm. it to be an Mm -hmm. animal is to not have suffering and not have sin because of your you're not equipped to do it you know Mm -hmm. but in that in your like lack of equipment for it you are so much more a part of the system and or the not system makes it sound like the way we say system every other time but a part of like the life system right and we are the only ones going against that yeah the, the, the oneness so i always you know what's funny is like i always use not always um i thought uh evolution leads to fungus mm. like the fung fungi are the most yeah interconnected right yeah and like are they the most evolved in the sense that they have the most moving parts no but are they the most fit to live on this earth you know yeah maybe yeah so i'm like yo like maybe maybe we'll just become fungus and that's the life you know we are certainly in a position right now mm-hmm. evolutionarily mm-hmm. where the littlest things matter the most and the biggest things matter the least right 
Yeah. Like, Elon Musk wouldn't exist if we weren't in the most petty, worst moment of our evolutionary framework. I mean, think about how much more a business degree means than a philosophy degree, right? Right. And, and, and so it's like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. But I can tell you it's not to accumulate the most money. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what it is, but I know for certain some things cannot be the case. Mm-hmm. We're all, but but at the same time, we're all just filters reacting to mm-hmm. different to to a an infinite amount of stimuli, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're just we're just facing the abyss, which is the future, which is the present. Right. And just being like, well, what do I think now? What do I do? What do I what do I think? Where am I? What do I... Mm-hmm. It's... I mean, it's both simultaneously perfect and um, pure chaos. Yeah. It is... It, it is... And it never was. That's what I think. So that's what I think enlightenment might be. And then I have another, I have another question. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, like, very uh, scattershot moments i realize um yeah yeah, no it's good um would you if given the chance upload your consciousness into a digital space that will allow you to interconnect with people and part of the consciousness and then live on for however long the server lives on longer than your body would you now my follow-up to that is (laughs) is that not just the human version of evolving into mycelial network fungal network right i would say yes i mean i think that i actually do i would i would contend that artificial intelligence would be an evolution of man right like Mm -hmm. that that there is there is nothing to say that us creating artificial sentience isn't just us finding a way to evolve in a a carbon organic world that we have outlived right like that's just like the Mm -hmm. next step and Mm -hmm. so so we we exist passed into that and that you're right i mean a a computer system is not unlike a fungal system Mm -hmm. I, i would i don't know what i would i would have a hard time yeah saying yes to like i would upload my consciousness Mm -hmm. i yeah right because it's the it's like how much do i maintain my own autonomy as i am right and do i get to blip out whenever i choose or am i stuck in this consciousness i mean it's not unlike some of the politics that we profess on this podcast Mm -hmm. too like Mm -hmm. we there is a a reverence for fungal networks in political action like that is that is the next step of like political organizing right i mean mm-hmm. and it was i mean in theory like at the core of what marxism was but in practice was not anywhere close to that right a- and we are not capable of doing on a man-made level that which nature mm-hmm organizes or provides yeah i think my ultimate conclusion right now is like i see that i think of like the idea of quantum superposition where everything 
is zero or one, but not necessarily one or the other, right? Yeah. The cat. And then you think about that as like, from Hegelian philosophical terms of, it's not the thesis or the antithesis, it's the synthesis of both. Right. And then I think about the religious context of like, everything in threes, holy trinity, blah, blah, blah. And then... And then you get Buddhism, where it's not about being a king or being ascetic. It's about yeah. it's about the balance of both. And it makes me wonder, is our evolutionary inevitability computer space fungus or some kind of return to more the more biological f- foundation of who we are? Well, that's... I will... That is like the the synthesis of being alive, right? right. You're either in the ground or you're in the stars. Mm-hmm. This moment right. is the synthesis of the two. But then that's yeah, so then it's but then it's interesting because one is a body and one is a mind thing. Mm-hmm. And if we continue on with this logic, the actual synthesis would be a merging of the two. While either of the two options I've said are eschewing one or the other right so i'm very now i'm very curious to see what that synthesis might look like in a way that's neither of those things yeah i mean and in truth the the i guess the hard thing to quantify is that it's just like it's it's really at its core just misery and suffering and it's yeah. all over too soon as woody allen would say you know, mm-hmm. like that's just like this the the truth of it. Besides the the higher level, it's like God doesn't speak to any of us, mm-hmm. and neither do we get to see the the future. We experience almost none of it in our in our lives, mm-hmm. and and so I mean, I love that. I love the the thinking, but I also it's inevitable to just like take an axe to the entire beautiful building and say, mm-hmm. no, it, we are living a wretched, miserable life on a rock in the, like out in space. Mm-hmm. It, it means nothing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. nothing means nothing. I don't like to think that way, but it had to be said. No in response it, to this. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly. No, I'm, I'm glad that you said, said that. We got too close, and in reality, it's like, no, this is just, yep. it's all hard and not good, and none of it matters. I'm right there with you. This is when we, this is when we pop open another beer on the beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love it, though. I, I like this discussion, and I think uh, there's, I guess, to go back full circle... Artificial intelligence is not artificial, right? Like, mm-hmm. like any level it, sentience, however it is come, is it, it is just a part of it, right? It's all just a part of it. It's all just a part of it, man. Yeah. Hey, Hell thanks yeah. for indulging me on that conversation. Hell yeah, I love it. Um, are we are we moving on? You ready for my topic? close all tabs (laughs) we are about to um to really just get brought down back into it can't wait um because 
my opening line that I wanted to say is, hey, Verge, do you want to get mad? Because <laughs> that's where we're going. Yeah, um, I'm definitely not mad enough in my day-to-day. So, I I will explain a little bit how I got to the place I did. Um, okay. Which my topic is, uh, I would say, fundamentally the um, death of David Chain. Oh. So, I found myself kind of going down a hole... On the Wikipedia article about squatting, the concept of squatting. Oh, oh, like squatting, like buildings and homes. Yes. Uh, so oh. basically, basically, I was like, "Yo, I could motherfucking squat. <laughs> squat. My heels stay on the fucking floor." Um. So squatting is like the the act of occupying an abandoned or unoccupied area of land. Yes. And I will say that the squ- the Wikipedia article on squatting is enormous. And is um, yeah. and I bet the talk page is like pretty like wild too. Yeah, opinionated. yeah, a lot, a lot of opinions. There's a lot going on. I mean, the world. There are many different ways in which people squat in the world mm-hmm. for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. It is something that is very regionally focused. It's like mm-hmm. squatting in Spain is not the same as squatting in India. Yeah, um, I believe that. And so. Squatting is centrally linked to, um, it is associated with the libertarianism portal on mm. um, Wikipedia. Yeah, I can see that. Which makes sense. I mean, squatting is innately an act done against the state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a like kind of a, like a revolutionary act of occupying something which you do not own. The um, fact that it, it there's like any legal precedence in favor of squatters at all, to me is like an amazing, you know, whole actual liberty. Yeah. No, it's wild. It's actually I just saw like a viral video recently of a guy in Dallas. Um, basically a house in suburban Dallas had been foreclosed upon and then the mortgage agency that foreclosed on it went out of mm-hmm. business. Mm. And so he filed a paper with the government, like an like a like a habitants act mm-hmm. paper, and as long as he l- occupies the house for two years, he the title officially gets. Given I love to that, him. and all the all Fuck his neighbors it. are so mad. They're they're like so like, he should just buy the home if he wants it so bad. Ah. Uh. Uh, and it's this, it's this black dude, and he's like, no, I did my research, and this is, this is legal. Yeah. I have a legal right to be here. Um, so, so first of all, squatting as a revolutionary act can be kind of rad. Big fan um, of that, yeah. And there, there are also just like um, a ton of inspiring kind of revolutionary stories. If you, oh, yeah. if you are a fan of revolution and like a fan of like st- sticking it to the man... Mm-hmm. Um, squatting can be pretty cool. You know, there's, there's examples in Europe of communities that have been built mm-hmm. out of squatting. Uh, so a couple notable ones, Freetown Christiana or Christiana is a community in, uh, Copenhagen mm-hmm. that in like the sixties or in the, you know, mid 20th century took over a military barracks. Mm-hmm. 
and have been there for the past 50 years. About a thousand people live there now. And it's like one of the biggest tourist attractions in Copenhagen. Um, And it was the center of the marijuana trade in Copenhagen for a long time. That's what I figured. Yeah. Um, Another one in Slovenia, in Ljubljana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a place called Metalkova, which which is another uh, another military barracks that just got overtaken when it was out of use by squatters, and they've created a community that is like I love that an art and you know an art scene and all this. Stuff. I mean, and then on the other side, like the ugly side of squatting, is desperate people making right. decisions about their life out of necessity. Mm-hmm. out of survival i mean uh slums and favelas are right. are examples of what we would call squatting um where they create a community out of something that they don't you know they're not a place that they're technically not supposed to be yeah uh, which to me is even more why it's amazing that any laws protecting squatters exist because of those people right which uh, which to me are the people who like need it because they can't like create coalitions as readily as entire communities you know i mean there's a reason that like like a slum the way that like the city of god favela in rio doesn't exist in the united states because Mm. it involves some level of loss or lack of power from the state in order to carry out you know i mean right think right. about think about the, just the absolutely draconian ways that we mm-hmm. in the united states deal with people who live on the streets you yeah know? like yeah. houseless people in the united states i mean echo park face, right now yeah seriously they are literally clearing out a community of people who have moved into echo park lake because mm-hmm. they're afraid of what would happen if they exist on their own i mean yeah. this is like at the core of what it means like individualism versus solidarity right like this kind of stuff is very very important and it doesn't mean that it comes without its downsides and like true you know as word we use all the time like human suffering right but this is just the reality of the world we live in Mm-hmm. Um, we are, I mean, houseless or homelessness is an issue that has existed for a long time, but has never been more pertinent and bad, pernicious as it is right now. And it's right. only going to get worse. I mean, this is going to be a problem. One of the, one of the marquee issues that we collectively, our society deals with for the rest of our lives. And it's going to get worse. I mean, it's, California is experiencing it 25 years before the rest of the country experiences it. Like, and it's only getting worse. I went onto one of the websites of one of the Slovenian squatting communities. All right, I guess talking about that, I found myself on like a, a European anarchist website. Okay. It was mad about one of the Slovenian squatting communities after 25 years. This year got compl- like got got fully disbanded like the government came in and Hmm. destroyed it and i found the the language being used very interesting very like i don't know like this anarchist website used this language that basically was like you know we will overcome and we will we will outlive you we will succeed 
Um, mm. Like, truly believing that this was the few, the people that were so deep in this world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some counterculture. It was a belief that this was, this, this will be the light at the end of the tunnel of the world mm. we live in. Mm-hmm. And so it got me thinking about a dichotomy that I want to like present okay. um, as, as an idea of the way in which we can see the world and maybe kind of talk about it with like our main topic, okay. which is that you could describe and present the world as a dichotomy of two different types of people. Mm-hmm. You have absolutists mm-hmm. or true believers, mm-hmm. and you have realists. And the mm. absolutists are almost by definition wrong in their ideology. Like their ideology, their beliefs are mm-hmm. not the core belief that they think it is. Like there is something that is wrong about it, but they believe it all the same. Mm. And then on the other side, the realists, there is something inevitably evil about realism there mm-hmm. is a bargain a or not evil maybe evil is too strong something immoral right you believe something and you bargain knowing that it is wrong like you yeah. you say i am look i know that that this is not the right thing to do mm-hmm. but this is how the world works right. so i'm going to accept it and so like so this anarchist website that I found myself on, mm-hmm. um, written, that was so mad about the Slovenian squatting community that got, you know, disbanded by the police. Mm-hmm. Those are true believers. They're absolutists. Right. They believe so strongly in what they believe, but they're uh-huh. fucking wrong, man. They're not right that they that that some sort of anarchist squatting network is going to take over the world. It's just not. I'm sorry, uh-huh. it's not. And similarly. I want to talk about a concept that came up in the 1980s and Uh still exists, but was big in the 70s, 80s, or maybe like 80s and 90s called tree sitting, which I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with. Yeah. Um, In the the next level of tree hugging. Yes. Tree sitting um, is a form of environmentalist civil disobedience Uh in which a protester sits in a tree, usually Uh on a small platform built for the purpose to protect it from being cut down. For our friend, for our personal friends, um, it's like from without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So it it is often used as a stalling tactic to prevent the cutting of trees while lawyers mm-hmm. fight in the courts to secure long term victories. Mm-hmm. Um. And I found myself on this Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And I found myself reading about this group called Earth First, which was like in the 80s and 90s. I think they still exist. But uh-huh. in the 80s and 90s was one of the most hardcore, extreme, nice environmental eco-terrorists. Yeah. I mean, yes, they were yeah. they were civil. They were act an activist group built around the idea of saving the environment. Right. Is and, wait yes you called it Earthfront. This is the ELF. Earth, no, 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 Earth First. Oh, Earth First. Okay, Earth First. Okay. Um. 
And Earth First, yeah, I mean, they're... Because I was curious where they compared in their tactics to, like, ELF. They got... How far did they go? They got blamed. They did a... No, they... So this is the thing. And, I mean, I hate to pass judgment on, like, a past activism group. But these guys fucking suck. And they're they're yeah. they're straight out of the baby boomer activism movement where they mm. were like, well, like the yippies. You ever heard of the yippies? Mm-hmm. Um, just this like idea that you could be kind of snarky in a like annoying way. Um, <laughs> you could like cause civil disobedience in an annoying way and it would be right. beneficial to your cause. Right. Um, I feel like this kind of like eco terrorist group, mm-hmm. my well meaning progressive liberal parents, like looking, reading about the stuff that happened to them and the stuff they did, my parents, like when I was, when I was a kid, like talked down about these people, you mm-hmm. know, like really were like, these people fucking suck. Yeah. 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 And that's not, I don't know. I mean, that's not to say anything about my parents or about Earth First. It's just, right. it's just an example of like, these people did not win any hearts and minds, mm-hmm. even to the people that they probably should have. Um, it, it was a losing cause. Yeah. And, and I'll give you a great example, which is the death of David Chain. Okay. So um, the backstory is that... Um, he was a member of Earth First. Um, he was engaged on a campaign of tree sitting in order okay. to stop what they considered illegal logging um, in the Headwaters Forest, which is like 350 miles north of San Francisco. It's um, near Redwood State Park. Okay. Um, it's a it's an old growth redwoods forest okay. that was Headwaters. owned. Yeah, it was owned by a company called Pacific Logging Company. Okay. Which forever, for their entire time as a company, had been all about sustainable logging. They thought mm. it was more effective to to cut down what you grow than right. to to clear cut, as right. as they would say. Um, then in the eighties, they got they got a, like a, there was a hostile takeover by this guy um, Charles Hurwitz who was okay. a Texan. Um, he was like a, I don't know, like a speculator from Texas. <laughs> it's the guy who like comes in in the deal scene and like early second act with a giant cowboy hat and Dude, like a bolo it's, tie. It's the literal character from The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> I actually have on my list of tabs open for this episode the Lisa um, Union Strikes song, which I oh think we God. should play in That's this episode. So um he is the literal texan he's that guy he's he's the simpsons texan character so he came in and they were like well it's actually more profitable to clear cut this entire redwood forest Uh, redwood forest okay right yeah and so earth first was out there protesting um and uh the new practices led to the so-called Redwood Summer Campaign by environmentalists, and it actually ultimately forced the 140-year-old company to declare bankruptcy. Um, but according to Humboldt County Sheriff Department, 
David Chain was struck by a falling tree while trying to stop logging. He mm-hmm. was killed instantly by a head trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, in response to his death, Pacific Lumber Co. spokesperson said their logging crew did not see anybody in the area and were unaware of Chain's presence. Earth mm-hmm. First said that the loggers had been deliberately felling huge trees in a perpendicular manner um, in the protesters' direction. And one of the protesters also noted that the tree fellers were fully aware that they were there and the activists had been yelling at them, walking towards them and telling them, don't fall this tree. They actually had on videotape Arlington Uh. Earl Ammons, the 52-year-old logger responsible for falling the tree. He was yelling expletives and threatening the protesters. Mm. Okay, but based on the local sheriff's probe, Humboldt County District Attorney Terry Farmer decided not to press charges, concluding Ammons had not knowingly aimed a tree at any of the protesters. Farmer concluded Chain's death was an accident and went further to say that he had considered charging Earth First with involuntary Mm. manslaughter charges instead. Hmm. So, this is... Welcome to the episode of This Really Grinds John's Gears. Um, This is such a, a horrifying and heinous story and it is not even doesn't even crack into the top tragedy of the year probably you know what i mean yeah like, right we exist in a world and part of this is the dichotomy of absolutists and realists like earth first is group made up entirely of absolutists who believe mm-hmm. entirely in this cause of like e- uh, environmental justice. Mm-hmm. And America as a country, as an institution, is built entirely on the concept of realism. The morality yeah. of America is less so to, and maybe not even America, capitalism is a right. realist concept. Right. And that's not to say that we cannot, as it exists right now, all power goes to the realists. I mean, yeah. the the state of Soviet Russia was an absolutist country. This was actually probably the biggest force in between the two, the United States and Soviet Russia, was right. the idea of absolutism versus realism. And in the face of, of injustice done in the name of absolutism, obviously realism looks really good. But mm-hmm. the amount of suffering and injustice carried out by realist systems yeah. is constant. It's every day. It's shit like this. It's the death of David Chain. It's the fact mm-hmm. that the, the district attorney was going to charge his group because right. they were protesting, because they were there. He, went, he was like, oh, the involuntary man. This is insane. I mean, I read that and I was like blood boiling. These are the moments that make me say burn it all down. You know what I mean? Like it all Absolutely. has to go. It's, it, is, it, is, it is rotten to the core. I right. mean, this is so disgusting. It's so gross. Yeah. There's another, there's another story. Another famous person uh, from Earth First is a woman who actually, um, I'll spoil it, ended up dying very early of breast cancer. Mm. but that was not a she was the victim of a car bombing someone planted a pipe bomb in her car and the fbi tried to claim 
that she was transporting the pipe bomb in her car to carry out eco-terrorism and that it accidentally blew up on her own. Hmm. It is this kind of stuff that makes you realize that the FBI and the CIA and pretty much every organization of state power in this country has never, ever acted in the name of justice in the history of the country. It's not like, oh, we're trying to do it right. It's like, no, we are actively defending. Yeah. And I will tell you another thing. This is the last the last thing that really grinds my gears. I found a Texas Monthly article um, about like a like a this is from 1999. Um, the title of this article is Charles Hurwitz is a greedy clear cutter. Charles <laughs> Hurwitz is a caring environmentalist. You decide. What? And it's kind of like a both sides. I'm a okay. realist journalist. Like, it's an interview with this fucking asshole. Uh-huh. Um, being like, you know, him saying like, well, it was private property. And uh, in the United States, like, private property is, um, you know, it's the, it's your entitlement to make a profit off of that property any way you see fit. Yeah. You know who was the politician that he calls out as like really doing their best to make sure they understood the realism of the situation. Even they don't they don't agree with politically the realism of the situation. I you probably won't guess it. It's Senator Diane Feinstein. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I never would have guessed. Fucking guess bitch. Um <laughs> Dude, uh it just, this is I'm like, sorry. This is this like is a literally the, for sure, but no, no, no. But this is some shit. This is some shit that we should talk about. Like this is literally the like one side is fighting for the laws of man, and the other side is fighting for the laws of God. Right. And I think the one thing that you know everything else in the world that we deal with outside of eco uh, ecology or you know sustainability global warming all that um is in the negotiable right and this is the one thing to truly be absolutist about because right nothing else matters when that goes i mean the key problem and the reason why burn it all down should never be off the table is that people who have power shouldn't no mm-hmm. one should have power. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is that power shouldn't exist. Our conception of how power works, both politically, mm-hmm. economically, culturally, it should not exist. It should be, it should be, uh, right. you know, like a, a figment of the past. It should be a word that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense 200, two centuries from now. Right. How do we get there? That's the question. You know, everyone just needs to watch more Star Trek. Honestly, yeah. Like, that shit. I mean, that's what it is. That's yeah. like, you know, the dark version is Watchmen, where it's like we need a common enemy that's going to push us all to collaborate and whatever. Or we have a reason to, like, all join up and really focus on science. Yeah. But science that's not tied to the military, you know? Yeah. Ah, uh, But, like... Yeah, maybe that'll change. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That does grind my gears, though. 
It's a great. It's a gear. It takes me into Thanos territory. It takes me into like yo, like I get it. Pour one out for yeah. I mean, pour one out for David Chain. He he didn't deserve that for sure. No, he didn't deserve a fucking tree that he was trying to protect being cut down onto him, on purpose. Like fuck that, honestly. Yeah, and no charges on that guy, huh? Yeah, no, no. They were gonna charge the fucking earth first yeah. they were going to charge the organization he was a part of wow leaving on a nice zone but hey i think that's our episode guys yeah hey yeah 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 yeah. i yeah. was gonna say we should leave it on a lighter note than this but oh um emmy won her um company's uh march madness brackets i brackets think that's the perfect situation. note to, to end it on i like that congratulations congratulations to emmy, emmy. Um, and, um, we'll see you next week, guys, I, 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 and gals, um, don't forget to go to our social media, Instagram, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe, and, um. Email us. If you ask, if you ask, if you ask uh, enough times, maybe we'll start our, our own, um, podcast TikTok. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Ooh, yeah. I want... John, can you take care of the TikTok? Yeah, I'm on the TikTok. I got it. Yeah. I think the people would really like, probably rather 90% it be you. Yeah, I'm in. Wikipedia style TikTok. We're in. in. All right. On that note, guys, that's the lighter note. We found it. We found the lighter note. Imagine John Nicholas doing TikToks for us. (laughs) Yeah. Adios, guys. See you next week. Adios. Bye. Bye.